Welcome to Season 2 of the Business of Security Podcast. This is Episode Number 1. Your hosts today are Ron Warner and Chad Beckman. Today, they kick off the exciting new podcast season. Now, let's get to it. the industry need to start talking about that we're not doing today. Information technology is built on a horrible foundation. If we could sort of redo and start from the beginning, we would be so much better off. If you don't invest in it, keep it running, it will blow up. You also have to be able to go in with solutions, not just problems. We have a long way to go if we're going to win this fight. At the end of the day, educated people are really the best countermeasure against all the threats, the threats, the threats. Welcome to the Business of Security podcast. This is the introductory to season two. With me today is Ron Warner. Ron, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Chad. It's great to be part of the show. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a a number of things to talk about, and I know you've been helping us to line up some additional audience members, and we've got a great cast for the coming season here as we're beginning to launch. Yes, I'm excited to be a part of this great podcast series. I've loved listening through your first season with the tremendous folks you've been able to line up, and they are thought leaders. You've done a great job, and I'm looking forward to moving this forward and taking it maybe to that next level. We'll see. Oh, I'm sure it will, and uh, looking forward to the partnership here, Ron. Do you want to give our listeners a little bit of a preview of who we have coming up in Season 2? My pleasure. We have Ben Rothke. Ben is a popular guy at the conferences. If you go to RSA conference, you can often see him speaking or leading a peer-to-peer session. He actually wrote the book on computer security awareness. He wrote it back in 2005, and it's just a little book on 20 top things you need to do for information security and how it still applies today, even though the book may appear to be a little bit old. We also have Chris Hadnagy. He is the social engineer. He wrote the book on social engineering, and he runs the social engineering Capture the Flag at DEF CON. We also have a top auditor for a financial organization to show us about security viewpoints from an auditor's perspective. We have George Finney the Chief Security Officer for Southern Methodist University, who's also an author of a book, No More Magic Wands, where he took a storybook approach to information security. Those are just some of the folks we have lined up for Season 2 in the Business of Security podcast. Well, that sounds very exciting. I'm really looking forward to listening to those interviews. So, Ron, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're really focused on lately in our industry and what really keeps you passionate about the subject. I love helping organizations build, grow, develop their cybersecurity programs. There's still so much work to do. I see my job as being to work myself out of a job, but I don't ever see that actually happening. The idea is to get a company to be able to run on their own with their information security. So going out, helping small, medium, and large organizations see where they have compliance gaps, understand governance and policies, and then best be able to prioritize their risks. I'm also a passionate educator. There are so many folks who are still learning about cybersecurity at all levels, from elementary school up to the senior set. We are all involved with the internet. We're all connected. Do we all understand what we need to do to be part of the security solution? 
Those are just some of the things that really get me jazzed about cybersecurity. I'm going to turn the question back on you. What keeps you going in the realm of InfoSec? Why, why do you do what you do and love what you do? You know, it's really evolved over the last 19 years now. I, I'm starting to lose track as my hair is getting more gray. It started out for me as being, you know, very just interested in the technology and how it all works and goes together and breaking some of it. It's really evolved over the last number of years to seeing a new challenge to solve. So for me, it's always been about discovering new challenges and looking for a way to solve them. I find this industry very interesting because there's a lot of greenfield opportunity if you pay attention. And uh, one of the things that, for me lately, I'm very passionate about, and I've teamed up with a great group of advisors for our product, TrustMap, to really drive the discussion around becoming a business executive uh, as a CISO, as a security leader. What does it mean to be a business executive? And do some exploration and do some writing and some research on the subject and do some presenting on the subject as well as educating. And then bringing that to bear and make it easier for those security leaders um, through automation uh, of our platform and, and, and bringing that, you know, solving a challenge that isn't really solved today or, or very well anyway through automation. That's what excites me. And when we feel like we've solved most of that problem, I'll move on to identifying the next area that could use some help in automating and resolving the challenge, whatever that next challenge might be. And there are, are always challenges in front of us. That's the, the wonderful thing about our industry. And it's so broad as well. I do want to ask you, Chad, is that why you got into podcasting, to be able to educate others about the business aspects of security? Maybe if you can describe how you got into podcasting and why. Yeah, great point. So I was beginning to listen to some podcasts and cruised a number of them a couple of years ago relative to our industry, cybersecurity, information security. And almost every podcast began to sound the same to me because they're talking about the latest tech coming out, talking about vulnerabilities, talking about risks. And it was a largely anyway, a bits and a bites conversation. And I started to, and I'm stereotyping, of course, when I'm talking about this, but Generally speaking, and I, I started to really think about, you know, we need a few more podcasts out there, and there are some now besides this one. There are there are a number of other ones that are addressing the less technical side of information security or cybersecurity, and, and that's really to address the business conversation on the subject and the governance conversation and the people conversation. You know, the less, as I say, the less sexy conversation or the less sexy uh uh, subjects to talk about because it's not about the latest tech. It's actually about, you know, some very steadfast, long-running uh, principles that we need to continue to refine and integrate within our security programs and within our businesses. And so that was the genesis of really establishing this this podcast and is to bring more of that conversation to bear, getting uh, folks like CEOs, board directors, people that are very business-minded and or people that are addressing a non-technical aspect of our industry uh, to the conversation. And that's really the theme of this podcast. And what I'm very excited about the folks that we have lined up because they're really supporting that theme very well. Now a word from our sponsor, TrustMap, the business management system for security leaders. TrustMap has been described as a solution in a couple of different ways. 
For example, it has been described as a GRC platform, and it's also been described as a business management platform for security teams. You see, TrustMap is designed for security teams by security teams. The genesis of TrustMap began when a CIO asked the question, show me the state of our security program. Where are we today and where are we going over the next two to three years? And how much is it going to take to get there? One example of TrustMap solving real-world challenges begins with a customer in the insurance services industry that I'll refer to as David. David, like many other security program managers, struggled to coordinate all of the activities across various teams to determine the security program performance and also set priorities to improve security and manage risk over the next calendar year. Now, we'll pause there. We'll come back a little later in the podcast to learn the outcome of David's challenge using TrustMap. For now, listeners of the podcast should know that you can schedule a free trial of TrustMap. Go to TrustMap.com slash business. Now, let's pick up where we left off. There seem to be two different tracks associated with information security or cybersecurity, one being the technical track, one being more of the GRC track. There are some folks who cross between them, but quite often it's one or the other. trend that I've actually been seeing is that CISOs are coming more and more from the business side, really not having as much of that technical background. I found it's easier to teach technology than it is to teach about influence and leadership. I don't know if you've seen the same thing. What are some of the areas you see most needed on the business side, though, of security? Do we need to be teaching more about sociology and economics, and maybe even some psychology, or just some basics of, hey, this is how you run a business, so this way the, the techies can understand that viewpoint? I, that's a great question. I think sociology, if you want to look at it from the lens of a college agenda, uh, certainly that could be a course psychology 101 and um, probably I would say at least a level three course on communication. I think if nothing else, that is the subject that is probably the most important to really be that business leader from a security perspective. And it's certainly good to know the technical aspects, but I think if we're talking education-wise, strengthening the capabilities around communicating both in written and in verbal form. I hear you, yes. That's actually something I've heard from many business leaders is the need for more writers, better writers, the writing capabilities. It's just not quite where we need to be because it's not as sexy. It's more fun to play with the hacking tools than it is to practice your writing or to find a good editor and learn how to use grammar and punctuation correctly. But it is part of who we need to be as professionals. Hey, Ron, you mentioned to me a subject called the Security Groundhog Day. And I'm intrigued by that. Yes. And could you expand on that idea, what you mean by the Security Groundhog Day? It's like Corey Shu, who used to be part of the ISC Square Board of Directors, he has a presentation, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. We seem to be reliving the same day over and over again in the world of cybersecurity. It's like the Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day, reliving the same day. Quite often the top things I talk to folks about are the same things I've been saying, we've been saying for the last 10, 15 years. You know, about patching, about access control, knowing your assets, having policies in place, 
auditing and logging and alerting, knowing what to do with phishing emails, vetting your third parties, etc. I was part of a panel for three years straight at the RSA conference with some other great security folks. And we came up with the title of Security Groundhog Day. And we had a conversation in front of about 250 of our close friends on that topic. How do we overcome it? And it's just realizing that we have a lot of the answers in front of us. The technology has changed. I'll have some folks who come up to me and as we're talking like, oh, yeah, cybersecurity, it's all so new. All this IoT and AI and cloud stuff, it's all brand new. And I'm like, mm, the technology is new, yes, but it's still based on the same philosophies and concepts we've had around for 50 years. Starting with Salters and Schroeder's design principles from 1973. And if you want to actually see a good presentation on it, look at Adam Shostak's talk on equating design principles to Star Wars. It's actually really funny. That sounds very interesting, actually. Anyway, we are reliving the same day. So how do we overcome this? It's just that realization of remembering the basic, basic blocking and tackling, using a football analogy. Sometimes we like to gloss over the basics just to get to the fun stuff, like communications, like patching, like basic access control. But if we don't do those things, they tend to be ignored, and then holes appear that we don't even know exist leading to breaches and exploits and just a lot of headaches for all. You actually referred to Groundhog Day in our earlier conversation. That didn't explicitly state it, but how we're, we've seen similar things over time. We've seen it, been there, done that, have the t-shirts, and it's really <laughs> not a whole lot new. For example, do you when you go into a company and you're assessing their security, is there really anything surprising to you that they may show you or say? No, there's not. And you know what's fascinating? I just had this conversation. I, I go into a customer now, and I speak to them, and this is a small business, happened recently, and they start talking about this, that, and the other thing that is going on. And a lot of this comes down to experience. Uh, I've been at this for 19 years, roughly now. And it, it's like a doctor. After a doctor's been practicing medicine for 20 years, you go in and you tell them what's wrong and they look at you, they can probably diagnose it within about two to five minutes, right? Generally speaking, not always, but generally speaking, if it's a common illness. Same thing with the security program is once a customer starts telling you they've got phishing uh, challenges right now with their email, they've, they're concerned about their patch levels or you know this, that, or the other thing, you pretty much know what the diagnosis is and what the priorities need to be immediately and that they're communicating to them. We had a sat down and communicated with the CEO that this is going to be a long-term commitment if you're going to undertake this because if you don't, you're going to be at this having the same conversation six to 12 months. I guess to answer your question, for as many breaches that we've had and for as long as information security and now cybersecurity has been a topic, it's still a little surprising to me at how much some of the basics do not get done. And sometimes they're done, but then the people leave and the company doesn't necessarily replace the right people soon enough and they're back to where they began again. So in some cases, companies develop their own security groundhog day. If we zoom way out and look at the industry as a whole, when you look at IoT and we have the introduction of cloud over the last eight years and 
We've got uh, machine learning and AI, and guess what? Well, AI and machine learning are two uh, hot subjects that people are treating as the next silver bullet, right? The next shiny object that's going to solve a lot of our current problems, and that's simply not the case. People can argue with me. I'd welcome the discussion. But my belief is, based on what history I've seen, um, that it always comes down to core processes, uh, people that are skilled and dedicated to uh, carrying out the function, and then adopting and adapting to the business uh, over the time as the business evolves. And so that's what it really comes down to. Those same principles can be applied, I guess, as we change over time. Exactly. It, it takes people, process, and technology almost in an equilateral triangle. You can't just mm-hmm. skew to one or the other. You need to consider all three. The people is often the one that is most forgotten, and then the process, because no one likes to spend time documenting. Documentation is a four-letter word. You made me think of something, though, Chad. Jay Jacobs once said this great quote, in security, we don't need a silver bullet. It's more like silver buckshot. <laughs> yeah. It's a sprayed approach. There's, oh, actually. There is no one solution for cybersecurity. Even if you hire a very good CISO, you need to empower him or her. You need to make sure Spaff's law is not alive and well. And for those who are not familiar with Eugene Spafford, he wrote Practical Unix and Internet Security, And in that book, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, if you have responsibility for security, but you don't have the authority to enforce it, you're just there to take the blame when something goes wrong. What's so funny is he wrote that 20, 25 years ago. I'll mention that in a conference talk, and I usually get a lot of heads nodding and people smiling going, wait, that's me. We still are in a security figurehead world where companies hire security people I swear just sometimes to fire after they get breached. Someone who's lacking that authority to go along with their responsibility. Yeah, that you're starting to open up another subject that we could go really down a rabbit hole in and maybe the time uh, to talk about this for another podcast. But that is, you know, if you're taking on a security leadership position, there are a series of questions you need to ask not only yourself, but also the company that you're looking to join mm-hmm. to see what their level of dedication is to the function of security. And if you are just a yes man, yes woman, or if you are there to infect change and really report on and not own the risk that uh, exists. All comes back down to understanding risk. One of the things you mentioned as well kind of struck me when I'm going into an organization performing a security assessment. I can usually tell within the first couple of minutes whether they're going to be okay with cybersecurity or not. And it comes down to, and some people will are naysayers, but security culture. Do they have security as part of what they do, who they are? It's actually a lot cheaper and easier to do it. I use actually the country of Israel as my best example. Everyone in the country of Israel, because they have their enemies on all of the, almost all of their borders, they learn to be secure. It's just what they do, who they are, and it's very natural for them, and it's not invasive. That's the type of culture we need within organizations. Not that we need everyone to be paranoid. Everyone doesn't have to be cybersecurity or extremely knowledgeable, but just have that little bit of cognizance about it. If you see something, say something. Simple things like that. Trust but verify. Keeping information security simple is 
kind of been my mantra for 2018. How do we keep things that are easily understood to the business? Because I agree with you, Chad. So often the techies like to use tech talk, but they can really lose their audience. All right, let's briefly return to our story about David. As David was seeking to understand his security program's current performance and thereby set appropriate priorities and expectations, he had to engage with team members and internal customers outside of the security team. So David launched an initial process assessment in TrustMap, aligned to his control framework and regulatory requirements. What David discovered was the ability to save time from previous efforts through the aggregation of multiple users' input and data points. So David leveraged TrustMap's analytics to tell a compelling story to executive leadership about the performance of the security program, investments required, and resources needed to achieve specified goals. The executive leadership and board of directors had the assumption that mobile security was an area already solved in the eyes of the leadership based on previous investment in a mobile device management system. However, based on the results of the program assessment in TrustMap, David could clearly articulate why mobile security was still underperforming to desired goals. In this case, it was the result of mobile application security and not device security. The analytics and planning intelligence from TrustMap supported David's story and allowed him to describe the estimated investments required and the difference between mobile device security and mobile application security to a non-technical audience. As a result, the leadership team acknowledged mobile application security as a priority, allocating funds to improve this area to achieve the desired maturity goals. TrustMap is for every leader who manages information security as a function of the business. And as a reminder, for listeners of this podcast, you should know that you can schedule a free trial of TrustMap. Go to TrustMap.com slash business. Now let's get back to the show. What do you see as other opportunities coming up both in 2018 and all the way through 2019 and 2020? Well, for 2018... I believe that we have the election security, which is making news now, is certainly going to be a trending topic for the remainder of this year and probably the bulk of next year. It's going to be an overwhelm of media, right? And I think as we look forward to 2019 and 2020, corporations, businesses are likely to begin to take uh, some of this AI a little more seriously. Maybe maybe we see the introduction of a uh, reliable blockchain technology that can probably starting with uh, reducing the number of phishing attacks and or the, uh, you know, the instances of malware that exists today and that businesses are impacted by. I see that as probably a cornerstone where that technology can get a foothold in this space, but that's just me. Uh, What else I see is more of the conversation and likely I'm talking about this from a biased perspective, but more of the conversation of security leaders becoming business executives and some of them are growing into that position, and some are already uh, in that position, and others think they're in that position, but they're not. And um, I think that's a, a segue I'll, I'll just leave as a subject we'll dive into. Uh, Synopsis released a, a, an article called The uh, Four Tribes of a CISO Research They Conducted. It's very good. Look it up. Download the white paper. It's for free. And it's uh, something that I think we should dive into in the show and, and talk about the four tribes uh, a CISO may belong to. 
I'll definitely have to look that up. Yes, I agree that CISOs need to understand the basics of leadership and their leadership style. There's not necessarily one right way to lead. Know how you lead as an individual and know your audience as well. What what do they need to be led? How are they influenced? And that's actually the subtle part of social engineering is that art of influence is what we all need to do as cybersecurity professionals and business leaders. That is correct. So, Ron, what do you think is happening for 2018 and moving into 2019 and 2020? What's your forecast? I'm with you about elections. I see that continuing to be the hot story for 2018 election. This came out of DEF CON in 2018, where they had a group of youngsters. Granted, it was through older technology and not in the real environment, But it showed that it can be done, and it showed the education level that it takes to do it. If we can get the kids started young in cybersecurity, then build them into the career. So two points there, one being securing elections, the other building out the next generation of cybersecurity leaders. I also like what you had to say about AI and machine learning. I think it's going to be part of the hidden security, which is what we really need. Mm -hmm. Security really needs to be invisible to be very effective. Think of it this way. The security in your car, do you think about it? Do you think about the airbags or your anti-lock brakes or even how you lock your car door as you're walking away without even thinking about it? No, Mm -hmm. security is invisible. Maybe it even needs to be beautiful. If you think about security at, say, Disney World, they have security all over the place, very safe location. But you don't ever really think about it when you're there. You're too busy having a good time. And that's exactly it. They don't want you thinking about security. But you see the goofy guy over there, guy dressed as goofy. He's probably actually a security guard. He probably has a camera watching people as he's giving kids high five. And the Mickey Bush over there, that actually has a camera hidden in it watching everybody. And that's exactly how we need to think about it in cybersecurity. And that's where I think AI can come to play. Help us automate security. Make it part of the the backdrop. So this way we don't know it's there, but it's providing a service that needs to be done that can be very hard for humans to do. It's very hard for humans to watch terabytes worth of logs that are going through our systems on an hourly basis. So let's automate it. Keep everything simple. Automate where we can, and that way we can use human intelligence where we need it. We have so many opportunities in front of us, Chad. We could probably talk about them for the rest of the day and take many hours with this. <laughs> Precisely. Well, let's save some of this good uh, content we covered today for deep yes. diving to on uh, other podcast sessions. Most definitely. We definitely have an exciting season two coming up on the Business of Security podcast. I'm very excited to be a part of the team who's bringing this forward to get the message out about cybersecurity and how security needs to be part of the business. Be a business enabler, not just seen as that office of no. You know, we put the no in innovation. We need to be seen as being one with the business leaders who can help them prevent the headaches. I actually have this phrase, who owns the headache? We don't like headaches. No one likes headaches. And our job in information security should be to keep headaches at a minimum, if not eliminate them where we can. What do you look forward to most in season two, Chad? I look forward to getting a very diverse group of folks to talk about their expertise, similar to what we did last year. I find it almost a personal challenge 
to get as the, the most diverse group of folks we can without talking about security, governance, uh, skills, and so forth, without diving into the weeds on the technology, because I think we've just had enough of that for a while. I think it's very important. It's the backbone of how security is carried out. But like you said, let's start making that a, an invisible part of the security program. And that's what I'm looking forward to, is just hearing all these perspectives from a very diverse audience. We have so much to learn. That's actually something I got from my chief security officer for a well-known financial organization. He always said, we can learn and we should learn from everybody. And that's why I like doing this, because I'm always learning and listening to you and listening to the other guests here at the Business of Security podcast. I can learn to make myself better, make my organizations better. Well said, Ron. Well said. And with that, uh, we'll close out our introduction to Season 2, the Business of Security podcast. Look for some very engaging episodes coming up over the next several weeks and months. And thank you all for being a listener. Thanks for listening to the Business of Security podcast. Our hosts today were Ron Warner and Chad Beckman. Learn more about Ron's company, RWX Security Solutions, online at rwxsecurity.com. Learn more about Chad's company, Secure Digital Solutions, online at TrustSDS.com. And you can connect with Ron and Chad on LinkedIn. Our next podcast episode will feature Rob Baldy, Director of Cybersecurity Audit at Equifax. You've been listening to the Business of Security Podcast, and that's a wrap.